ora, I'm Sharon Brett Kelly. Remember this? He cheats like a mafia accountant. Are you right to say Donald Trump cheats at golf is like saying Michael Phelps swims. He cheats at the highest level. Golf is like bicycle shorts. It reveals a lot about a guy. One of the details most popular podcasts this year was about Rick Riley. He's a famous former Sports Illustrated writer, and he wrote Commander and Cheat, a book full of yarns about President Trump cheating on the golf course. But it's the way that Rick tells the stories that really makes you laugh. And now there's a sequel to it. Well, sort of. Hello, Rick. Yes. Thank you so much for talking to me. I don't know if you remember the conversation that we had when your book first came out. How could I forget? <laughs> I remember it well. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> because, I mean, you've done so many interviews since then. Yeah, but that was a fun one. I remember that. <laughs> Do you? And Rick, you know, I was thinking, oh, what could be our angle for this next interview? Because it was one of my favourites this year. And then I started looking ah, around and good. came across the story of the person who was hiding your books in a library in Idaho. Yes, and I have quite a tale to tell. <laughs> so what happened? So this guy uh, was hiding my book and, and a few others up in this uh, little town in Idaho. The Coeur d'Alene Public Library has caught some attention because books criticizing President Trump keep going missing. Some of the titles of these books include uh, Shade, A Tale of Two Presidents, Fire and Fury Inside the White House. I remember that one. And he was leaving a note with them saying, uh, I don't like this propaganda to get in the in the hands of young minds. And I'm like, A, I didn't know minds had hands. And B, how did a Trumper get inside a library? That's never <laughs> happened. So I'm like, okay, pal, uh, how about if I come up there and bring 10 more? Let's see if you can hide all those. So I told the library, and I like to bring 10 free books and hide them around the library. Because right or left, pink, blue, or yellow, you don't get to censor in a free country. You don't get to censor what people read. No matter which side you're taking, people have the right to read it for free. And that's what a good, good library is. So it made me mad. So I went up there. She said, uh, yeah, hide him. And she said, but will you speak? And so I said, sure, I'll talk about the book, too. Well, I'm about five minutes from going on. There's 250 people in the crowd. There's another 50 in an overflow room. And these four cops come walking in and say, uh, now, look, if there's any shooting, uh, here's how we'll get you out. And I'm like, shooting? And like, oh, Idaho, we don't have any gun laws. You can, anyone can have a gun, high hidden or not. And then I started hearing that Idaho is the home to the Aryan Nation and some other militia groups. And I'm like, I want not to do this now. <laughs> but I didn't chicken out. And uh, sure enough, there were cops everywhere. And uh, But nothing happened. And then a bunch of people came up and said, you know, you're the first anti-Trump speaker we've ever had in this house. <laughs> so, so sure enough, uh, I, I hit the books. And by the end of the one hour's talk, everybody had found all 10 books. Really? Um, and Rick, this, this library's actually quite famous, isn't it? Yeah, it's a hell of a library. So, you know the show in America called Stephen Colbert? He's a comedian. He, his book was also being um, hidden. Whose boat is this boat? You done messed up, bookie boy. First of all, may I point out, our book is not anti-Trump. 
Every single word in there is actually what your favorite president said to hurricane survivors in North Carolina. Because the, uh, the this this uh, I call him Mr. Idaho <laughs> didn't like it, and so he sent a five foot by four foot book. An unhideable edition of whose boat is this boat? Come on out! There you go. Good luck hiding this one, sucker. So the day I got there, uh, they were the, the book was being delivered. And then the Colbert crew said that they'd been harassed and one guy even spit on it in the town. And I'm like, whoa. But uh, no, they couldn't hide that one either. And all in all, I think we made a small dent in the movement against censorship. So do you have any idea who that person is, the Idaho? Well, I don't know who he is, but he's got to be cursing his luck because just by doing it, uh, the story appeared in the New York Times, the BBC. You guys are talking about it. I wrote about it for the Washington Post. So the sales have gone straight up. So that must really hack him off. Betty Ammons is uh, director of the uh, Coeur d'Alene Public Library. You're sort of the lead detective here. We're receiving such good wishes and comments from all over the world. And and I have to say the donations have really started pouring in. Really? Donations of books? Yes, and money. Oh, not bad. So what kinds of books? I'm curious, what kinds of books are they donating? Are they replacing the anti-Trump books with more anti-Trump books? Yes. (laughs) So this guy, in in meaning to to censor what he thinks of as liberal thought, um, it actually uh, backfired. Done the opposite. And the funny thing was that they left a note in the suggestion box at the library. Like all legendary criminals, this thief left a calling card. In this case, a letter to the librarian that said, I'm going to continue hiding these books in the most obscure places I can find. Yes, genius. Yes, yes. Which, I mean, I, and, and I said, was, were the words spelled right? Was it written in blood? No one will ever look for a book in the library. <laughs> he manifested on. Your liberal angst gives me great pleasure. You're not creating liberal angst. You're just making the librarian's job harder. And I said, well, what would you do if you... She's a rather older librarian and very kindly uh, lady. And uh, I said, what would you do if you catch this person? And she goes, oh, well, I think I just have to take away his library privileges. (laughs) I'm like, that's it? And she goes, well, of course I'd give him a warning first. And I have left a note on the, in the, on the bulletin board asking the person to please suggest titles that we don't have if they're unhappy with our selection. I'm like, wow, you really run a tough camp here, lady. Um, and so no sign of him yet. Nobody's been able to, to track him down or spot him doing any more hiding. I don't, I don't think he can get out of the asylum very often, so it's not easy. <laughs> It just shows you that Trump's supporters are really staunch, aren't they? <laughs> yes. Uh, it, it, it's, it's hilarious what they don't care about. <laughs> like, <laughs> just, just this week, uh, the, uh, he insisted on an investigation into his own intelligence agencies 
about this crooked investigation into the Russian thing, even though it started before he was even president. But that doesn't seem to matter to him. So the report came out two days ago, and it was, no, there was nothing crooked about it. It was perfectly fair. It had to happen. And by the way, there were 22 indictments. Five guys went to jail, maybe a sixth coming soon. So it really did pay for itself. And instead of reading it, he said, this proves that it was a coup Imagine trying to run the country when you can't even speak confidentially with your counterparts in other countries. Well, that's an administrative coup d'etat. I mean, it's not overstatement to say that's what it is. This leak and coup campaign did it in Russia, did it with Kavanaugh. It's the same damn thing. They tried the coup. They tried the witch hunt. They tried the 25th Amendment. Now this is coup part two. This is not an impeachment. That implies lawfulness. This is a coup attempt. For someone to try to take over the government... A lot of people were in on it, and now they've been caught red-handed. And I'm like, what planet are you living on? It's, it's like up is down, black is white, um, breakfast is dinner here, cats are living with dogs. It's insane. Every morning, have you ever had a nightmare where you wake up and you're like, oh, my God, that was the scariest nightmare, and you wake up in bed that morning, and then you realize your bed is floating in the Atlantic Ocean with sharks all around it? And you realize you're still in the nightmare? That's what it's like every day for us here. (laughs) You haven't come across him at all, have you, since your book came out? Because you did have a bit to do with him over the years. Yes, I've known the guy for 35 years. He's always been a big, full-of-it, fat liar. But it's been fun copy. Like, if you're a sports writer, you send a limousine to get Donald Trump to an event because he'll say anything. And we'd always kind of had fun with him and laugh and we kind of thought he was in on the joke and then he became the most powerful man in the world and we realized oh he wasn't joking he really thinks he's the smartest man oh he really does think he's won 20 golf club championships these hands hit a golf ball 285 yards look at these hands i actually said i was the best golfer of all the rich people i know how to win i've won these people will tell you have i won many club championships when he admitted to me long ago that he just buys a new course and plays the championship by himself and declares that the club championship. (laughs) And he really does think he's a three handicap, even though Tiger Woods, Dustin Johnson, every player he's played with says he's about a 10. And, oh, he really does think his dad was born in Germany when he knows he was born in Queens. And, oh, he thinks his mother was on vacation when she met his dad. Really, she came to America by chain immigration. She followed her sisters. <laughs> oh, she really does think that, that Ireland is in the U.K. Oh, he, he thinks when he's in Israel, he's not in the Middle East. Oh, he really does think the hurricane was headed for Alabama. He just, he's, there's something twisted in his mind. He starts telling a lie, and pretty soon he thinks it's real. He believes it. And that's what we're living with. And so, you know, since your book Commander-in-Cheek came out earlier this year... This is really going to tee off the president. Over 250 pages accusing him of cheating at his beloved sport. You said that you've you've been a bit of a clearinghouse for people coming to you with their Trump cheating stories. So what kind of stories are you hearing? Dude, I've had to roll up my car windows. Everybody has a story (laughs) about this guy. Since the book came out, I'm like, I interviewed you and you gave me nothing. 
And they're like, well, I didn't want the most powerful man in the world mad at me. <laughs> but everybody's got a story. And I'll just give you one. I found the caddy master at Bedminster, Trump Bedminster, who'd been there 10 years and then was let go. And I said, tell me something. Give me, give me one story. He said, well, did you know that Trump buys these packets of four-inch green keys to have the caddies carry in his pocket? And so when he drives the ball into the rough, which is mostly every time, because he hits it long and wrong, the caddies take the green tee out of his pocket, tee it up in the rough so that no one can see because it's green, and then Trump will hit driver out of the rough and just smash it. And everyone's like, wow, he's really good out of the rough. He's kidding it off of four-inch green teeth. Now, you think Patrick Reed cheats. Uh, Trump makes Patrick Reed look like Mother Teresa. He cheats every hole, every shot. And, 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 is, and is not contrite about it. And when you call him on it, I've had three people tell me they, they call him on it, and he always gives the same answer. Hey, I cheat on my wives. I cheat on my taxes. You don't think I'm going to cheat on golf at my own course? So it's brazen. It's just right in front of your face, and the man doesn't care. All he cares about is taking your $10 and telling everybody he's better than you when he really isn't. For those of us who, who aren't familiar with golf, putting a, a tee in the rough, is, that's cheating. That's cheating. That's like uh, saying on your taxes that uh, you get to write off all your food because you're hungry. <laughs> it's just cheating flat out. He's, he cheats like a mafia accountant. He's, he never stops cheating. And so if he'll cheat in golf, which is supposed to be the sport where you can't cheat because we all are gentlemen and ladies. There's no refs. It's the easiest sport to cheat at. So if you cheat, it tells you what kind of person you are. What else will you cheat at? Will you cheat to win an election? Will you cheat to set up the next win of an election? Will you cheat to, to try to stop an investigation? Will you cheat to try to stop an impeachment? Did he recently have a round with Tiger Woods? He did, and he tried to cheat Tiger Woods. No less than Tiger Woods he tried to cheat. <laughs> Woods is on one side of the fairway. Trump and his partner are on the other. They, it's a par four. Uh, in other words, you gotta, you got to try to knock it in the hole within four shots. Mm. And there's a lake in front of the, in front of the green. Which course so was it, Rick? Which course? This was his course in Florida, mm-hmm. called Trump International. So uh, he, he chunks it, he hits it fat into the water, splash. Uh, the partner sees the ripples, but Tiger Woods doesn't. He's off doing something else. So he says, throw me another one. And the partner's like, what? <laughs> throw me another ball. So he does, and he chunks that one in the water. He's trying to get away with cheating because, Trump, because Tiger didn't see. So he hurries up in his supercharged golf cart, hits that one on the green, and he now lies six trying to make a seven. Tiger hits it in about the size of a, my shoe for birdie. And Tiger says, what are you putting for, Mr. President? Because he hasn't been watching him. And Trump says, four. <laughs> when he's really putting for seven. So he's cheating by three shots. I mean, in my group, you'd be, you'd be dragged behind the cart down a, down a paved street for that. <laughs> Who told you this? I mean, it was obviously someone who was... The partner. The partner, a guy named Brad Faxon, who works for Fox Sports here in America. And I said, Brad, did you call him on it? Did you say, hey, you can't cheat like that, Mr. President? And he said, no. And I said, why not? He said, 
because everybody has their cheating stories about Trump, and we didn't have any. <laughs> they so wanted that's a why cheating didn't call story. <laughs> Do you, I mean, all these, you've had so many cheating stories about him on the golf course. Do you have a favourite? Well, one time he hit it in a pond uh, in front of a couple of friends of mine, and they're betting, a $50 bet, and they see the splash. But as usual, Trump is in a supercharged cat, cart, and as soon as he hits, he always hits first because he's Donald Trump, he jumps in the cart with the caddy, and they're zooming away. By the time everybody's hit their tee shot, he's already to the pond. And they pull up, and the ball's not in the pond. It's on the fairway. And they're like, no, no, that's bull, Donald. We saw it go in the pond. There's no way your ball's there. He goes, yep, this is my ball. And they said, how the hell did that happen? And Trump goes, must have been the tide. It's unbelievable. And it's not just cheating on the course. It's cheating how not, and cheating on getting rankings by magazines in, by trying to bully them. It's not paying the correct taxes on your golf courses. It's lying about championships. It's lying about your handicap. It's telling crowds you're a winner when really you're not a winner at golf, that you're a liar. It's about all the times he's played on TV and shot 90, not anywhere near a three handicap. It's about all the people he didn't pay, just stop paying, the painters, the cabinet makers, the architects who just either had to go to court for seven years or just take it, take it up to a shoot and lose the money because they don't want to be in court for seven years. It's about all the ways he behaves in golf, which we're now seeing is exactly how he behaves as the leader of the free world. What do you think of the impeachment process? <laughs> well, I think it's hilarious that he keeps tweeting about... Uh, he goes to... I was just in London for a, a book award thing, and he was there. Good evening. President Trump has arrived in London for the NATO meeting, promising not to get involved in the election campaign, before doing precisely that, saying he was a fan of Brexit and thought that Boris Johnson was very capable. I think Boris is very capable and I think he'll do a good job. He then added he could work with anybody in number 10. I can work with anybody. I'm a very easy person to work with. And they said, uh, so what do you think of the impeachment process? And he goes, I'm not thinking about it. I'm just thinking about NATO. (laughs) And somebody uh, on Twitter posted the 42 tweets he had made in the last 48 hours about impeachment. So I think the guy could lie in his sleep. I think he probably lied at the altar. I think he lies in his dreams. I don't think he can stop lying. I would pay a million dollars to see him come up in front of Congress and testify, as he says he wants to do, uh, for the impeachment, because in the first, I'm going to say, 42 seconds, he would lie. And lying to Congress is perjury, and perjury puts you in jail. I don't care who you are. So please, yes, you say you want to testify, please do. I'm begging you to. How do you feel about the election next year? There's a, still a good chance that he could get through. Of course, of course. Uh, it, it's, it's unbelievable. He's the greatest campaigner I've ever seen. He's, You know, in high school, uh, we had the, the head jock uh, ran against the really smart girl. And he, and he ran on a platform of free pizza for everybody and no more tests and no, no first classes till 10 in the morning. And he won. Well, of course, he couldn't deliver any of these things. And that's what Donald Trump is like. 
he'll say anything <laughs> during the campaigns. He'll lie. He'll, he'll make you laugh. And he absolutely is terrible at this job. So I have, I'm terrified that he might win. And by the way, here's what he's done to golf in this country. Him and his driving on the greens and golf carts and wearing dockers two sizes too small and cheating and lying and blustering. Here's what he's done to golf. Not a single Democratic candidate who's run so far, and I think we've had 14, uh, plays golf. <laughs> Nobody wants to be a golfer because it comes with all that orange Trump blotchy, splotchy stain. <laughs> And so the golfers are like, oh, I'm not doing any, I'm not taking any part of this. I'll lose. <laughs> they, they don't want to be associated with it. No. And I don't want my game associated with it. We were just getting golf cool again with guys like Jason Day and, and Rory McIlroy and Tiger Woods and Ricky Fowler. It was becoming like a cool guy sport again. And here comes this big blowhard playing only on his courses with his cheating caddies in his horrible pants, driving on greens, totally flogging the rules, and now it's back to where it was in 1958. And, Rick, do you think, with all these other stories that you've got, is there going to be a sequel to Commander and Cheat? Uh, no, but there's a, an emergency backup chapter coming for the, <laughs> for the paperback uh, <laughs> with a lot, of, lot more stories in it. Is that right? It really is fun. I always tell people, most of the time you'll be laughing. The rest of the time you'll be crying that this guy is running the world. Yeah, it's it's kind of unbelievable. I I now have like a a throw-up bucket every morning when I read the news. It's just, I don't know if you guys are seeing how ridiculous the things are he says. And And yet somehow, with Fox here in America, they don't, they don't report all his lies. And so people are still, against all odds, going to vote for a guy who, who wouldn't put them out if he saw them on fire. He doesn't care about anybody but himself, and especially middle class and poor people, and yet they're going to vote for him. And I just, I really would like his nightmare to be over. That is the thing, isn't it? He has, still has millions of followers. Yeah. He, the truest thing he ever said is, I could shoot a guy with a rifle on Fifth Avenue and I, when I wouldn't lose a vote. And it's true. It's true. We, have, we, have, we are through the looking glass, as Alice in Wonderland said. We're into a realm that we've never seen before where fact is somehow doubted, science is somehow a hoax, and Donald Trump and all his bluster and blowhardness is somehow an expert on anything. It drives me mad. And, and but why do you think that is? Is it because he's like the anti-politician? Are people still believing in that? Yeah, absolutely. We have been building to this for a while. Um, we started to. We all start living in our own silos, where all that comes down your silo is is liberal stuff, and all that comes down my silo is conservative stuff, and we never hear. Well, a lot of us never hear the facts or don't believe the facts. And in the age of the Internet, where you can, you can fake a picture of me uh, kissing Queen Elizabeth, nothing is provable. It's almost like when you, when you don't even believe in climate change, then, then nothing is provable because that is right in front of our faces and there are people. Do you realize 
the idea of a flat earth is picking up. I mean, fact and truth don't matter anymore. And that's how we end up with a guy like Donald Trump. That's the detail for today. I'm Sharon Brett-Kelly. The detail is brought to you by newsroom.co.nz and made possible by the RNZ NZ On Air Innovation Fund. Hit the subscribe button to stay across the detail every day. And if you're on Apple, please leave a rating as it helps other listeners find us. This episode was engineered by Adrian Holley and produced by Alexia Russell. And thanks to Rick Riley. Mā te wā.